1939, Dorothy, a poor little farm girl living a sad life in a black and white world, was swept away by Twister and landed in a strange and colorful land beyond the rainbow. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. The Wizard of Oz was not only one of the biggest films of Hollywood's golden age, it was also in every aspect an instant classic. Now the audiences got to see flying monkeys, yellow brick roads, and a very green Wicked Witch. And all of that thanks to the wonders of visual effects. Visual effects can do that, you know. Release people from their grey every day and bring them over the rainbow to worlds filled with amazing stuff. This is the reason why we choose to name Goodbye Kansas for our studio. And this is the reason why we felt it's about time to do a podcast about this wonderful world as seen from our perspective. So welcome to Yellow Brick Road, a podcast about visual effects, animation and digital mastery. Hi everybody, welcome to the brand new VFX podcast Yellow Brick Road, where we will dive into the mysterious and wonderful world of visual effects and animation. My name is Nils Lagergren, and I work at the VFX and animation studio Goodbye Kansas in Stockholm. I'm a producer, but that's not the reason why I'm sitting here talking to you. No, the reason for that is that I'm a film lover, a simple ordinary film buff who happens to love visual effects and animation, but without being an expert. So in every episode of this podcast, I'll gather some true experts to help explain how all these amazing tricks are created. We'll talk about full CG productions, creating game trailers, doing traditional VFX, character design, animation, motion capture, and everything between heaven and earth connected with the visual effects industry. This first episode is more of an introduction, really. So I've invited three visual effect experts from Goodbye Kansas to help me straight out the question marks. Welcome, Christina Sirodi, lead animator and supervisor, Fred Loveberg, director, and Jonas Skog, lead character artist. Hello. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks Hello. for having us. <laughs> Great to have you here. Christina, let, let's start with you. When did you start in the VFX business? Uh, I started uh, university back in 2001. Uh, started at Parsons School of Design, and then I switched over and finished up at William Patterson University. Um, from there, I had an internship with Freestyle Collective uh, that was started up by the old Manhattan Transfer and Riot folks uh, coming over from Viacom under the mother company called Nice Shoes. Uh, so that was great. I, I had a whole lot of uh, mentors there. I learned a lot from them. I left uh, Freestyle Collective and went to go work on a Spike Jones short film called I'm Here with um, some box-headed characters and some animated faces, and I had... Uh, like 50 to 75 shots of just uh, emoting through faces, uh, working with Spike Jones and some very talented people. Um, I had a great uh, animation supervisor there, uh, Matt Hackett, who taught me so much about staying in, uh, starting with science and reality and then breaking off into different styles. Uh, it's a great film, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. Robot Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so when did you move to Sweden? 
Uh, shortly after that, uh, well, in 2013. So first I did uh, Animation Mentor while I was working at Method Studios. Um, and that was working full-time and then doing 20, 30 hours of uh, Animation Mentor and completing that. And as soon as I finished up, I went over to Sweden and I freelanced for three years before um, coming staff with Goodbye Kansas. And here I am today. That's great. We'll do an entire episode about animation later in the season. And then we will dig deep into the artistry of it. I mean, the actual craft of animation. But, but for those who can't wait until then, just one quick question. What's so fascinating with animation? Um, what I love about animation is... Um, I get to be a storyteller as the person who is really a puppeteer. Um, I get to act and I get to tell you a whole story, maybe not even saying one word. And if you're not an actor where you like to be in front of the camera, which I don't except for recording <laughs> embarrassing reference footage, um, then it's really it's it's something special to be able to communicate with with other people without saying a word sometimes. And yeah. It's, animation it's, it's cool. I mean, from our perspective, I mean, my perspective as a director, uh, seeing the, the the brilliant animators, like Christina, if I like s- sneak over, looking over her shoulder and you see her doing all these grimaces and, and playing with dolls and whatnot, you know, just to, and uh, maybe sneaking off to a, a conference room to, to film a little... Uh, uh, Ref- reference, reference, reference. Oh, yeah, you've, <laughs> you've, filmed, you've filmed some footage for me, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's and it's cool. I mean, the, all the tricks that you guys use to 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 get inspiration and find like uh, the nuances that you guys need. Yeah, it's it's a fun. It looks like a fun process. I mean, I just look, and I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> and Fred, you you work as a director uh, at Goodbye Kansas. Uh, do you remember the first VFX film you saw? Well, the first VFX film. Um, it's hard to to say, but probably Star Wars, like everyone else. Uh, I mean, the VFX film. But um, for me, the one that really um, sort of brought me to to the business, I guess, was Jurassic Park. I was about fourteen, and I was at that age where I could more or less understand more than just get wowed. I mean, I came out of the movie theater and I mm. was shaking of excitement. But I, I, I understood more of, okay, you can actually create this. Uh, so I guess that was my my the starting point. I remember thinking that, okay, wait, Steven Spielberg, he's actually a, a person that actually gets to get his visions across and so, yeah. It's, it's an amazing moment, I think, in, that, in Jurassic Park when when they get to see their first dinosaur, it's also the first time that the audience has yeah. got to see a CG dinosaur. Like three, uh, and we're wowed, and, and he is wowed. It's, it's an amazing moment that will never come back, I think. And Jonas, but you work as a character artist, designing uh, modeling characters and creatures in 3D. And in our next episode, we will talk more about that profession. But today we'll talk about visual effects in general. And, and I wonder, for example, what, what softwares do you work with in your profession? Oh, so many softwares, so many softwares. Where to <laughs> begin? Oh, so basically as a character artist, uh, I'm a sculptor at heart. So the software I use most of the time is the ZBrush, like a digital sculpting application. Uh, I also use Maya, which is 
somewhat of a standard in the business with modeling and animation like Christina and stuff like that. Uh, I use a software called Yeti, which uh, is the one where I create hair, like eyebrows, lashes, everything. Uh, I use another software called Marvelous Designer, which makes me into like a seamstress. So I make all the pretty dresses for all the <laughs> monsters. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so many ones. Uh, Substance Painter, one of the softwares. We do all the texturing work, Mari. I could go on forever, but I'll stop there. No wonder that they call you artists. Yeah, <laughs> you truly are. Uh, do you have a favorite VFX film, Jonas? Actually, I'm I'm quite boring in that sense because I I've thought about that a couple of times, but I I can't I can't think of one particular movie that like my favorite. I I I'm always into like the new ones that keeps pushing the bar. Like the last movie I saw now was uh, Final Fantasy Kingsclave, mm. like a full CG movie. Like by Square Enix, super cool, so beautiful, full scanned actors, full facial motion capture, just fantastical beasts and environments. It's it's a beautiful movie. So I I, I like the new movies. I, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, last, yeah. the last great VFX film is always yeah, your favorite. Exactly, <laughs> the, the best one to date. So wh- why were you drawn to the world of visual effects, Christina? Um, I grew up in the age when it was coming about. You had Jurassic Park, and you had uh, you had Michael Jackson videos with "Remember the Time" and um, the, the face swaps and stuff like that. Yep, black yeah. or white. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, also when Toy Story had just come out, uh, right as I was picking my lifelong career at sixteen, so I picked what I'm doing for the rest of my life at sixteen. Uh, so Toy Story and Shrek with Mike Myers, as funny as he was. Um, and I was into art, but I was also very much into um, modern technology and what can I do that's that's now and that's using all of my, uh, my assets. So uh, that's how I decided, you know what, this has everything. This has art, this has technology, this is the future, and this is where I want to be. And actually, Toy Story is a really good example because, I mean, if you compare the first Toy Story film with the last one, mm-hmm. so much happened uh, with the technology. Yeah. If you compare them, I mean, the first one looks kind of, well, old. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one was great. Last. This will take weeks to repair. Buzz light your mission log. Start at 4072. My ship is run up course en route to Sector 12. I've crash landed on a strange planet. And Jonas, you... Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of on the same line as Christina here because uh, I decided my path as well when I was around 16, 15 maybe. And for me, it was, uh, I've always been into traditional art and drawing and stuff like that. So I I always used Photoshop to do concept art. And uh, one day in school, one of my friends, he showed me this program called uh, 3D Studio Max. And I have never seen 3D by then. Not Maybe, maybe I've seen 3D, but I, it hadn't been processed in my mind. It was like 3D. So I was like amazed by what is this like a cube that 
floating in the software like crazy. <laughs> so I the future. Yeah, yeah, it was like the future. So I started just delving into 3D and Studio Max at that time, and I had like this really old computer, like 200 megahertz something. And I I worked it all nights long doing 3D until I blew up my graphics card. So I I pushed it quite hard at that time. So you're and, in 3D until you have a computer go on fire. Yeah, yeah, I I did. Basically, I did. But what did you do to make your computer burn up? What did you create? Uh, from what I remember, I created like at that time I did like box modeling, like characters. 3D was kind of rough at that time. So like Lego. Yeah, somewhat primitives, uh, doing animations and stuff, like doing that, trying out uh, all the different uh, areas of the 3D software, not just focusing on can- characters, because, yeah, but it it burned the graphics card, and then I got a moped instel- instead, so, yeah, I was happy. Christina, you've been working with animation for years. Uh, how, how is animating for visual effects films different from animation for full CG feature films, for example? Uh, well, you still have to use all of the same principles of animation. Since the principles of animation are all how to create the illusion of life, um, and when you're doing live-action integration, you have to replicate life. It is very similar in that sense that... Uh, Cartoony animation will just be pushed a little bit more. It'll be more exaggerated, more arcs. But even live action uh, animation or uh, animation to match live action, just a regular human being, our spines are squashing and stretching everywhere. So there aren't just cartoony concepts. Um, mm. Yeah, and uh, what's great about um, the aspect of uh, live action integration or just uh, animation that's more into VFX is that you get to do um, so much with working with directors and um, camera camera people, like uh, directors of photography as well. And uh, you get to plan everything out and you get to be part of the, the storytelling. Um, for example, or even just, uh, just figuring out how to physically do something for um, people on set. So one example is uh, I had a Canada Dry commercial where I had to help them pull, um, figure out how a little girl could pull the cab of a truck out of the ground uh, and not hurt herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so at first they wanted to do it straight up like a carrot, and then of course it has to be done like a ramp because that's physically impossible. But you wouldn't, you'd be surprised at what isn't automatically obvious until you go in and into 3D and you try to you try to actually do it. Mm. Um, and I think was another example. Oh yes, uh, for extremely loud and incredibly close, uh, the film uh, with Tom Hanks, they had to figure out how he can look like he was falling off a building, um, and how they can tell that story this this horrific story of him falling off um, falling off the towers and and how. Tom Hanks can do that, and it could be shot so that it could be a moment to connect with the audience. And uh, I, I got to do the pre visualization for that, and Tom Hanks saw the pre visualization that I did, and and then they figured out how to set up the rig from there. So, I'm I'm so happy to be a part of that.
in in these days, you can create almost anything with visual effects, VFX. You you can create anything digitally. So so why isn't all effects done digitally? Usually in uh, in CG, uh, we we do end up with some extreme close-ups of uh, characters, uh, and. It's really hard to maintain realism when you get really near something in 3D. It's often more pleasing to see it from a distance and you... Yeah, it, it doesn't break the illusion as fast. Mm. So in, in some cases, not all, but in some cases it's more practical to use like a dummy or like a practical effect for, for those purposes, at least in my experience. But but look like at the Planet of the Apes and stuff like that, you you do come very near nowadays. But 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 maybe a, a mix uh, is the right way to go. Yeah, I guess like one of the questions is like even if you can do everything a certain way, you have to ask the question, should you do it that way? Or is there a, I mean... What we're creating in visual effects, I mean, we all want to create stories and movies and, and we want it to be compelling. Uh, and if a visual effects doesn't support the story that you want to tell, then you don't use visual effects. But if there's something that is hazardous for an actor mm. or actress, then you want to use visual effects. Yeah, you have to think about uh, effects when people are burning. Yeah. They before visual effects, you use like big suits and lit. And you still do. Yeah, 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 you still do. But (laughs) but nowadays you can put like a a digital character on fire in frame, and it it looks good. So some sometimes it works, sometimes it does not. So I think if if you're not going to shoot it practically, you you need to sometimes justify why you wouldn't be doing it. Is it money? Is it uh, yeah, safety issue. But uh, when I think of Kung Fury, the effects are almost a character in and of themselves. They're they're funny the way that they are on purpose. And so they also have their own uh, purpose. That's true. Yeah, We will actually do a, a specific episode about Kung Fury later this season. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> in The Wizard of Oz in 1939... Uh, that twister that I talked about that swept away Dorothy, it was a special effect designed by the legendary Arnold Buddy Gillespie. And uh, in fact, it was a gigantic stocking, 35 feet long. It was wrapped around chicken wire to give it look like a cone. And the farmhouse, the fence, the barn and the prairie, they were all miniatures. And the sky was a matte painting, painting of glass. And then they shot everything back projection with people in front of it. Uh, that was done in 1939. It actually still looks quite convincing, I must say. But but if if you would create such a scene today, Fred, how, how would you go about doing that? Uh, well, such a scene is it's a huge collaboration. Uh, it's it's. I mean, maybe if you're a savant, you can do everything. <laughs> but uh, no. But uh, from my perspective, I would first start to to gather references and uh, and do some research so I can present to the team that's going to be working on it. And in a shot like that, you need animators. You probably need a, a character artist to do a, a, a digi-double, and you need a FX artist and so on. Uh, so I would gather uh, my research and uh, I would present it. And then we would, like Christine had mentioned about the Tom Hanks movie, uh, we, would, um, we would do a previous of it 
to to get like okay which which camera angles do we want uh, what are the intensities uh, like to get a basic edit do we want um uh, slow motion and some shots and and stuff like that like how how much particles and and all that stuff or maybe not particles per se but the big stuff like do we want a cow flying around and knocking through a barn so it explodes at the same time we all, we, we, we've seen flying cows. We have seen flying cows. <laughs> Wasn't that film called Twister? Yes. Yeah. Famous for the flying <laughs> yes. cow. Uh, so that, and and I guess from that, and probably, or most definitely, we would do uh, some con- concepts of uh, some key frames to get uh, the overall look and feel of it. Um, but then basically just hand it over to to the team to to continue. Uh, do you guys want to fill in on something how we would proceed with a complex shot like that? I always like to start with planning and the science of the whole thing. And then where it goes from from having all the the information that you really need to to make an accurate set is like, okay, now we want to be better than reality. Like mm-hmm. I want to I want to stage this even more exciting and I don't care that this twister should be blowing over the whole barn if it got this close. Like we're just going to do this and and we're going to we're going to go further from there. Yeah, and then it goes into to what I'm sure is a very long conversation about every section of VFX. How uh, so many we'll cows should be flying yeah. around? <laughs> yeah, modeling, lighting, yeah. animation, everything. Yeah, FX simulation and like uh, programs like Houdini, what we use mostly here. Um, and then, of course, you know, getting all the layers and then rendering it and the lighting. And, and I mean, it's a difficult shot. Yeah, yeah it, it it sure sounds like a difficult shot, and I want What is the hardest visual effect that that you can produce, technically speaking? It's a it's a tough question. I mean, um, I think it's very shot specific. I mean, if we look at uh, the latest uh, Doctor Strange, there are some super complex shots there that are, I don't know, even how you would break them down. No, I mean, conceptually they're because they're they're yeah they're bananas. Uh, so I don't think there is you can really say like the most difficult thing to do visual effects but um i mean an example is like a character running in slow motion jumping through an exploding building with debris and fire chased by a monster shooting plasma from its mouth um, i mean that that sounds pretty complicated it, yeah and it also so- so- sounds it doesn't sound good. I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds like, okay. Throw in a few flying cows. Exactly. <laughs> but still, if you have a human running through fire and debris shooting lasers, then you focus on different things. But if you have a human in a room, if everything is silent, you focus on the character and you have to get that acting from a digital character and place him in like a live plate that's ne- tricky. Yeah, next yeah. to a real filmed character. Yeah. That's hard. That's there hard. are uh, there, there's Lel- been some Lel- recent movies that yes. have been questionable. I mean, they've been good. Not going to say that they haven't been good. Yeah. But you can tell like immediately when those characters came to the screen, you're like, "Oh, that's a digi double." Yeah, you 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 spot it uh, almost instantly. You, you do. So it's So it's hard. so characters. Characters in a live action plate. In a live action plate. What what's the hardest shot that you've been working on, Fred? In your career? Well, it's so hard to say because I don't actually work on it. I just have a vision, and I, I uh, it's our team that works on it. Um, so to be true, uh, 
I can't answer that because some shots uh, in some of the movies we do, I, from my perspective, uh, I feel like, oh shit, this is super complicated. But then talking to the visual effects supervisor and then the animator and so on and so forth, it's like, oh, it's not that difficult. Uh, I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so, I mean, for me to answer that, it's, I mean, even though I work in the industry, but I'm still a director, I don't have the technical know-how to actually... Just like me. <laughs> Just like you. Yeah, and, and still, with all productions that we do, we keep raising the bar. Yeah. So, usually it steps up the the bar on everything. So, we have to make the characters more believable. We have to make the animation more believable. So, it, it doesn't get simpler. Just say no. it like that. So it, it, it gets harder and harder. It does. We'll actually talk about this in another episode about old VFX and the history of VFX. The, the fact that, that the human eye seems to get used to seeing things. I mean... Back in the 30s, they were afraid of King Kong. Today, we think he's a cute little puppet. Exactly. Uh, and then the same goes for, we, we mentioned Toy Story, for example. But when the first Toy Story arrived, it looked like super real to us, mm-hmm. at least to me. Uh, and now when I see it, I say, oh, it looks not <laughs> realistic yeah. at all. So, so I understand. You always need to push the boundaries and exactly. be better and better. Yeah. And every human being is an expert in other human beings. So as soon as they see a walk cycle that looks kind of off, anyone can tell. Yeah. Uh, and your face, we're used to staring at each other's faces. So if your eye doesn't twitch just right, oh, that's fake. Yeah, but it's still, it's equally hard to say what's wrong. It's easy to say that something is wrong, but it takes experts to just nail it down and fix it. Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Every now and then uh, we hear people that complain about films these days are too much effects. But, but what do you say about that? Um, well, it's the bad VFX people complain about because the good VFX uh, that you don't notice. I mean, there are so many movies that have so much VFX in that people think are basically 100% live action. And they don't notice it. Um, and, uh, and so it's. It, I think it just boils down to that. And that's what we talked about earlier. If you use visual effects in the wrong way, it's bad. If you use lighting, um, uh, I mean, uh, even on set, if you have the wrong camera language and, and lighting um, for a certain movie, it doesn't fit. You're like, oh, the feeling is wrong in this scene. Why did mm. they shoot it this way? So it's it's all about using everything correctly. And it's hard. I mean, creating movies is hard. Like every aspect of every shot and every scene, everything has to be locked down and, and, and work. And it circles back to what we were talking about earlier with um, why are you doing this in VFX? So if the VFX, uh, they're using the VFX to carry the film, but there isn't a story, then they didn't really answer the why, the no. way no. that an audience can connect to. True. So one one effect that I'm particularly impressed with any time I see it is uh, tentacles and ribbons animated by hand. So when I saw uh, Davy Jones's beard playing the organ, uh, and I know how hard that is to rig and to animate, uh, it's just so impressive. Um, and actually, Gollum is one of my favorite ca- characters as well. Which one is of, one of the most famous 
characters, mm. motion capture characters. Yeah, and Davy Jones is motion capture as well. Yeah, but not the tentacles, though. No. No, that would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold a squid up. But both yeah. these effects haven't aged badly. They still look great. So it must have been a hell of a job to make it that right that long ago. You're all experts on visual effects. So so if you go to the cinema and sit down to watch a film, can you watch that film with an innocent eye, so to say? Or, or do you sit there and think, how did they do that? And they probably did this and that. I actually think it's quite hard, especially for me as a character artist, just to watch a movie and just be embraced by the story, so to speak. So uh, I I usually look at films twice that I think look good. So the first time I, I try to delve into the story and just don't, do not fo- focus on... Uh, yeah, like the visual effects. And then, then I watch it once again. Like uh, I spoke before about uh, Final Fantasy, King's Clave. So I, it, it's got a pretty cool story, but the, the effects are what makes it pop. So I, I actually watched that movie twice just to, just to look what, what they've done and how I can learn from it. Uh, and just to reference to video games, I'm exactly the same. So I'm quite famous for staring into walls and stuff, like checking the resolution <laughs> and textures and characters. So it's yeah, it, it it's hard to separate the, the story from the the visual effects. I think. Hmm. Christina, uh, actually the same exact thing. I, I watch it once for enjoyment, and then I watch it. Uh, again to dissect it um, and you could learn so much just by paying attention to to how they're using the cameras and cutting and uh, and and staging uh, one that you you just can't avoid it when you watch it is moonlight kingdom so the whole time you're just like there it is again there it is again and, <laughs> and the uh, the way they they lay it out this is it's not one point pers- I guess it's one point perspective Fred? Um, well, I guess it's sort of the same. I mean, I try, if it's a good movie, a good story, and, and everything hits the mark, then I can relax and enjoy it. But it's not only visual effects that I can study as a director. You know, I, I, I sometimes I, I get so focused on um, and, uh, a character that is, like, so compelling that I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I could work with that person mm. and that character. But then again, sometimes uh, I can just watch a movie and then, I, like, like uh, they were talking about, just go back and like, and just be in awe of the visual effects. Uh, and like, since we're working with what we do and we do all our full CG game trailers and stuff, I try to take a lot of inspiration from that and see, okay, what can we do? Because we, like Jonas mentioned, we want to push the bar. Yeah. And if we, if I see something that is so good in another movie or, or, oh, whatever. Uh, I try to get inspiration from that and learn from my perspective, okay, how do they actually pull something off, pull that off uh, and plan it? Do you have a a dream project, something you would love to do in the future? I don't. I mean, there are are a lot lot of projects. I mean, there's so much I want to do. 
Uh, so it's hard to to quantify what is the actual dream project. I think for me, it boils down to uh, working with the team that I like working with and not to sound uh, too much like a sales pitch, but I mean, the the people here at Goodbye Kansas are so good and we're like a family. When we work, we try to have um, a very democratic way of working and uh, and everyone's invited yeah, yeah. You you have fun at work. I have fun at work, and and, and it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of pressure uh, from all the points of contact uh, and everything that we want to do. Um, but I think the dream project is working on something that everyone feels that shit. This is going to be so good. Yeah, Christina. Uh- I have a couple. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to work on the Harry Potter franchise, uh, so we'll see what books they come out with later. Maybe we could pitch to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, the Ugly Dolls are a great plastics toy. If you look them up, I'm, I don't work for them or anything, but I love them. And uh, if uh, if we ever, they were supposed to do a movie years back. I don't know whatever happened, but I would love to do that. If you're listening. <laughs> we want to make your movie. <laughs> and uh, very funny. I've always, uh, I really like characters like Nickelodeon's Are Real Monsters, and I don't think there's a film for that. And f- uh, we actually have a, a commercial in now that reminds me of them, so I'm super psyched about what I'm working on today. Hmm. Exciting. Jonas? Uh, I have to agree with Fred on this one. So I think that... Uh, with Goodbye Kansas, we we continue to grow as a company. We get more and more cool pitches in and projects. So I'm just waiting for the next upcoming project all the time just to see what it can be and how cool it will be because it will be cool. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> Sounds great. What are your expectations for this first season of our little podcast? What, what do you hope it will lead to? Uh, I hope we inspire people. Uh, I hope that uh, we find someone, uh, a kid sitting on a couch somewhere, dreaming of working in the business that thought it was never possible, and then talking to us, well, actually listening to us, find that, whoa, there is actually education, there is a way in, and it's not impossible. It's it's very, very possible. Mm. and. We and want, it's a growing business. It's a growing business. And in Sweden, I mean, both the visual effects and the game industry in Sweden is booming. Mm. So, uh, yeah. What about you, Christine? I hope uh, I hope some of the things that we've said people can identify with um, and they can see themselves working alongside of us because uh, we'd love to bring more people in. We certainly need uh, more animators. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm really hoping to to meet some new faces. Well, it sure seems like inspiration is one thing that we'll talk a lot about and hopefully to inspire people listening to us. But that's about it for today. Thanks a lot for coming here, guys, and welcome back. Uh, You out there who listen, you can see most of the things we talked about at the Goodbye Kansas website, goodbyekansas.com 
with some of the examples of the films that we talked about. And uh, you will also find a mail address there so that you can contact us if you have any questions or anything. And our next episode, we will continue our stroll down the yellow brick road and take a look on how to create great CG characters in general and Conan the Barbarian in particular. So both Fred and Jonas will join me again then. And I hope that you out there will join us as well. It will be fun. Until next time. Goodbye, à bientôt, auf Wiedersehen, wie hoch. Bye. 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 Bye.